It's Reefer Madness, the podcast with Trevor and Kirk. Kirk, we're back. Hey. Off air, you were teasing me about the tie. Yeah. You know, rightfully so. It's a Sunday morning. I, I literally still have a cup of coffee in my hand. Uh, why the tie? Well, you know, one of our, our sort of premises when we were where we started this podcast as I was, you know, the uptight pharmacist with a tie. You were the hippie wannabe nurse without. And I don't know. I figure as we're getting back into fall, I'm wearing the tie more often to work. So, you know, maybe the tie, the tie on the podcast that nobody can see. People can hear the tie. Well, I, I am um, I'm wearing grandpa's sweater uh, because I woke up this morning and my furnace boiler isn't working. So the house is like 61 degrees Fahrenheit. So a little cool, but your house should know not to do that to a star. So for a star, this is what I hear. Like I, I wasn't able to make it because I was, you know, drilling holes in my floor and other, I am a terrible home improvement person. But anyway, there's a rumor that you were on a stage with, with other actors doing some cowboy-related stuff. What were you doing last night, Kirk? Well, as regular listeners of this podcast understand that I'm very involved with the local arts center in town, the Watson Art Center. And uh, the um, administrator is a uh, producer, and he produces radio plays. So watsonartcenter.com. You'll go to the Watson Arts Center webpage and under program, something called the Second City Players. And what we've done is that I've got myself involved with them. There are 18, 18, 19 Gunsmoke radio play on, on, the, uh, on the Second Story Players website within the Watson's Arts Center. And I was uh, last night we did a live recording of Gunsmoke um, at the art center, and it uh, it was a laugh. I, I played Hank Springer, and um, I was a cowboy that was misunderstood. And uh, so yeah, we have we had Gunsmoke last night. It was we had we had an audience, and we were sitting in a sort of like uh, in front, not on the stage, but below the stage, and we were reading a script. And we were doing a radio play yesterday. So if, if, if listeners want to hear my voice, um, I am on um, the la- I got into play. I think I'm uh, I think I'm on episode 17 and I'll be on episode 19 that comes up soon. So, yeah, I've played a couple characters. So yesterday nice. I was. Yeah, it was fun. It was a lot of fun. So I don't know if that segues nicely at all to Taurus, but uh, we had Taurus Baptiste and. And I mispronounced his name a few times, so I'll make sure other people don't. Taurus, like the astrological symbol. Taurus Baptiste. And uh, he reached out to us on uh, on LinkedIn, which is very cool. Reach out to us any way you want. That That's great. It's always nice to meet people. And he was, he was talking about his book and his involvement with cannabis and you know the things that stuck out for me when we we're first sort of chatting on LinkedIn is you know uh, elite football player and cannabis so I really thought I was going to get an interview about you know cannabis and concussions cannabis and uh, and performance you know the the hidden or not so hidden use of cannabis in the NFL because we're hearing a lot of those stories come out um, but that is not where it went. And I got the book and I will mention a few more times. We'll put in the show notes. The book is called Don't Let It Smoke You. 
wasn't what I expected at all, in a really good way. Um, and it was sort of his problems in the past with cannabis. Then, you know, he sort of went back to cannabis when he was a little older, when he didn't quite make the NFL. But then he really wanted to kind of go learn about it and then went off to find a few gurus, which we'll talk about in a bit, to learn more about cannabis. And I, as I was sort of saying off air, I think the, I think the, I think it's about balance. You know, something that he was a problem, isn't a problem, still something that really involve, interests him. But yeah, um, cannabis and balance. You were doing some, you haven't read the book yet, so I'll, I'll, I'll answer that part so if you want. But you were poking around over the interwebs about Taurus, what sort of things were you finding out? Well, I listened to your interview with him and, and I came away saying to myself, okay, so who is this guy and, you know, how did you find him? So I, I Googled him and I found him. He's, he's, he's doing the book tour. Uh, so I think we've caught him during the book tour. And this is the first time that we've, I think, knowingly interviewed a guy that has a book out. I mean, we've, inter in, we, we've interviewed um, scientists, doctors, nurses, pharmacists, um, addiction specialists, econ econ economists. We've inter interviewed a lot of people. Some of them have published, most of them have published papers, but I'm not sure how many of them have actually published a book. So I, um, I went and Googled him and looked at his book, and, and the full title is Don't Let It Smoke You, Creating a Non-Toxic Relationship with Cannabis. So, yeah, I was thinking, why don't we listen to the interview that you had with him, and then when we come out of it, I can tell you some of the things I've learned by Googling his, uh, his story. Absolutely. Let's, let's listen to Taurus. Taurus Baptiste, introduce yourself, and then we're going to talk about your story. Absolutely. Um, so my name is Taurus Baptiste. I am 29 years old. I'm out here in Seattle uh, right now, learning about the cannabis industry, um, the products around it, et cetera. But uh, went on LinkedIn, reached out to to you guys. Just happy to be on the show and happy to learn a little bit more while I'm on here. And we were really happy to get the the, the note. And so, among other things, you ha you have a book. And as I was saying off air, I read your book, and it wasn't what I expected in a really good way. So. Um, You've done lots of things and continue to do lots of things, but let's, and, and we'll spend a chunk of the time going over your book, but let's just, uh, let's start with why did you think you want to write a book cannabis related? Yeah. Um, thank you for reading the book. Thank you for fully reading the book. Right. Um, so I want to mention that first, but to get to your question, I, I, I was going through a time where I was using consistently and it was helping me but it wasn't necessarily accepted in society so I was getting told you shouldn't do this you shouldn't do that but I felt a different flavor inside I felt a different type of like positive side inside so I just wrote all my mess into a message and that's what got into the book for sure well it, it's a very well written mess then it it, it, it you you write very well uh, it was it wasn't for it and and the I should I'll mention it a couple times but the title is don't let it smoke you, which is a great title. Um, I recommend people read it. It's it's not it's a short read. It's a it flows nicely, and I mean this in the nicest possible way. It's kind of set up a little like a textbook. You know, it's got you know point points to learn from each chapter, kind of at the end. So it's you know it's not it's easy to take away the ideas. So I recommend people go to Amazon and 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 get it. But uh, 
So you, again, you do lots of things now, but at one point in your life, your, your main focus was, was football. And we'll go back to when you're younger, but sort of the, the part that grabbed my attention, I think everybody else's, you were, you were in a rookie camp in the NFL, thinking that that was going to be the way things were going in your life and uh, what happened? Yeah, it kind of took a turn for me. Um, I was in rookie camp. I'm like a lot of young men as well. And um, I was trying my best to get on the team and to stay on the team on the active roster. Um, but I also was using cannabis all the time to the point where I wasn't necessarily 100% focused on getting on that team. Um, so as you read in the book, that's where a little bit of the disconnect came in. And that's what I want to help others stop moving forward. It might not be getting on a football roster, but it may be getting in your favorite classes or in this or certain organization, et cetera. So hopefully that can resonate with a lot of people like it did with yourself. Yeah. So let's uh, wait and we can go off topic because we do that on here all the time. But let, let's start sort of at, at the beginning of the book. You start circa grade seven. So and you were playing basketball and kind of what how, you know, with trying trying to impress them like all of us, trying to impress some boys that were a little little older and better than you. And uh, so what happened there? Yeah. So um you know, looking back to when I was younger, you know, you know, when you mentioned the title, Don't Let It Smoke You, I tried to make the book as timeless as possible. I should have said, Don't Let It Use You. Uh, smoke, smoke was cool. It's cooler. Well, it, it does. <laughs> I guess you can say that. But back then, it was just smoking, right? It goes back to my childhood. It was just smoking. Nowadays, you have CBD bombs and all type of vapes and stuff. But um, so that's where we started. And it was just really just me trying to learn sports, wanting to be around the guys. I was never really a follower. Uh, it wasn't peer pressure at all. Me just wanting to be around the guys and like, hey, that's what they did. So let me just try it and see. Uh, and I actually liked it. So <laughs> yeah, no. And then so we follow along a, a little bit and jump in here. It's, it's your story. But the, the next one that sort of really uh, jumped out at me is uh, you're someone from the, the southern U.S., not really u used to the cold, and you end up in... Uh, Terre Haute at, uh, at university. Um, and you had a, a quote in there about, you know, I didn't really know about, uh, the, the proper winter attire and sort of where, where, where did that story go to? Yeah. Um, Terre Haute, Indiana, shout out to Indiana state too. That's my very first college, the home of Larry Bird, right? Everyone knows that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know, that going up to Indiana, just being from the South was completely different. I wasn't used to those winters, et cetera. Um, neither was I used to, uh, the whole college, uh, cannabis culture. You can say it was like, uh, it was like cannabis on steroids, right? You can smoke it this way. You can use it this way. Everybody does it. So, um, at that time, you know, um, me navigating through college, also navigating through my relationship with cannabis led me to some times that, uh, I had to do some desperate things. I felt like at that time. And one of those things I talk about in the book was walking a a length of time to go to get some uh, some some weed, you can say. Uh, and uh, it was just really cold. <laughs> I wasn't prepared for it, but I wanted the weed so bad that I had to do it. So, <laughs> yeah, and it was smoking me for sure. <laughs> yeah, and 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 you mentioned it several times because you've talked to lots of people and sort of we'll call it the addictions end of of things. That, you know, that's kind of the the definition of, for lack of a better word, an addiction or a problem is when you're doing things to get what you want that are not beneficial to you, like going for a long walk in the cold. 
Right. Absolutely. So, um, and and again, jump in at any point. So next we get back to, to the rookie camp. So, you know, it didn't quite go the way you would have wanted or, you know, if this was a Disney story, the way it would have turned out. Um, so, you know, you, you've been, your whole life has been being prepared to be an NFLer and now you're not. Um, you know, I think everybody, whether, you know, very, very few of us would be anywhere near a professional level athlete, but all of us have tried to get that job, that relationship, that whatever, and it didn't turn out. And now we feel, get a now what moment. You had the now what moment and what, what happened after that? Yeah, so I had the, the now what moment right after I got released. Actually, um, I even had a now what and what now moment, meaning um, I accidentally got testicular cancer. At the same oh, wow. time, I got released. I was trying to get back in and play and I ended up having testicular cancer. So I really was at a point where I didn't know what to do. Uh, but I didn't know that I was still smoking. <laughs> um, so at that time, I knew I kind of had to sit down and figure out what I wanted to do personally and also my relationship with the plant. Right. I think the plant, I love the plant. I'm all for pro cannabis. I'm all for cannabis advocacy but I think your relationship with it is a different aspect. And that's what I had to sit down and reflect and really kind of figure out how I was gonna act that moving forward and what I wanted to do as myself. Absolutely. Okay, so- you know, I wanted to yeah. not use my body anymore, use my brain. So I moved out to Seattle and I had, and you know, universe powers, I was able to do both. I moved out here to learn a little bit more about the tech industry and I was able to learn about cannabis where cannabis is legal. So got both of them and it kind of worked out for me. Excellent. And now as part of your research for this book, and this is, if I'm getting my timeline right, this, you know, this is sort of kind of sort of started post, we'll call it post athletics and getting into the rest of your life. You, you, you'd had these ideas, but you also said, Hey, I want to, I want to interview some, some people who know more than me. Um, and you, and you pick three in particular, um, and we, we relate to that because we do that every day. We don't know anything. And then we, we, we call someone and say, Hey, can you tell us something? Tell us about the, the three people you reached out to and what sort of things you learned from them. Absolutely. So this was major. This was a part of my, my research this was during my college time. I felt like I was so, I felt like I was really like pioneering being like thought leadership type. So I went out to Denver to go speak to Kevin DeMata and his team, um, they told me all about the pros about cannabis, how it's helped Colorado, how it's helped with, with economic development, how it's helped all around. And then I went out to Sacramento to kind of learn about the cons from uh, Nancy Reagan. Um, I mean, not Nancy Reagan, but her campaign's team. Right. <laughs> yeah, Carla Lowe. Uh, you know, if I felt like Nancy Reagan was there because it was so many people from the team and they were just throwing out so many facts. So it was amazing. But uh, so I went to Sacramento to learn about the cons. And then from there, I finished in Emory University to learn about the brain and what happens with the brain with Michael Cohart. Um, and those were my three choices that I chose. And I accidentally went out to Seattle and learned a little bit more from naturopathic doctors, et cetera. So a lot of things fell in my lap. It was great research, but I learned that um, the plan is kind of going, growing with us hand in hand. So nobody's really an expert in it. We're all just kind of learning as we grow for sure. So, so um, as someone who has kind of decided at this point, you've kind of decided, I think I have a problem. It's I'm not doing, I'm not doing, or it's not, I'm not liking how much, how I'm using compared to what I want to be doing. 
what sort of what sort of things did you gather from the from these experts that that helped you? Yeah. Um, so nothing's one sided, right? So even even when I went to Denver, they said it may be some cons. When I went to Sacramento, learn about the cons. They say it may be some pros. So nothing's one sided. So I've learned that figure out what works for you. Um, you have to go through a little bit of experience to do that. Um, you also have to be have a radical open mind to do that. Um, and you also have to do a little bit of research and educate yourself to go along with that. So those are the things that I kind of push off to some of my younger cousins, some young adults that I speak to often. And uh, that's what helped me. And I'm still doing that to this day. Be truthful, uh, Trevor, to learn a little bit more about the healthy products that I can personally use because I still use. Um, just using more of like micro dosing ways now. Um, and, you know, just to mention to sports, I actually, I don't know if you've seen Trevor, but it's legal in sports now, not every yeah. industry, but it's making its way there. And you will see a lot of the micro dosing play along in that role. You'll see a lot of the, the, the partnerships play along in that role, which will eventually trickle down to our young adults, et cetera. Um, and that's kind of the approach. I kind of go around it as well. Absolutely. If that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I like that uh, some of the numbers you quote will call it for, I think where Fish is supposed to call it cannabis use disorder. Uh, we sort of quote on our podcast, nine to 11%, you were quoting about 9%. So we're, it's nice to hear we're sort of in the ballpark, which is, it's not a lot. You know, if you compare that to, you know, alcohol and tobacco, it's not a lot at all. But, you know, if the more and more people using cannabis, you know, that nine-ish percent there's going to be people who have a problem with it. So um, the rest of your book is kind of aimed at the, if you're using more than you want, or if it's kind of getting in the way of your life, what to do about it. So I know we can't summarize the whole book here, but what are some some takeaways you, you want people to have from what, what you've learned? Yeah. Um, so yeah, that 9% was like, that was like in 2017. I'm sure it's a little higher now. It should be that 11 um, so that, that's that sweet spot. But I would say, um, you know, depending on if you were using, if, you know, are you, are you an older man or woman just jumping into cannabis or are you younger adult just trying to get in? So it's a different terminology, different conversation, depending on your, your kind of personnel there. But I would say um, if you, if you, if you feel like you're dependent on it right now uh, and you don't want to cut off cold Turkey, I would say, start to track why you use is it because you're with your friends is it because you're by yourself you just want to get creative or is it because you know you're just lonely right so track why you use um and then also kind of acknowledge those reasons and that will help you start to move forward absolutely and so those are the basics that i would throw out there on a normal scale like i say it depends on who you are and kind of where you're at but those are the basic points that I think you can start at for sure. And, and some of the part points you, you brought out with that, I really liked. So taking off my cannabis hat and putting back on my pharmacist one, one of the things I do do is I, I talk to people who want to quit smoking, which, you know, I don't, I don't think anyone can argue there's a plus side to smoking. So, you know, if you're smoking tobacco right now, we'd like you to stop because it's healthier for you. So we, we talk about, and, and it's nice you mentioned the same things that, you don't have to quit 100% tomorrow. You know, if if you are a three pack a day smoker today, you know, God bless you if you know tomorrow you can be a zero smoker, but that's going to be really hard. And you talked about that too, you know, if you were smoking 
two or three times a day, you know, when I get up in the morning, when I have lunch and, you know, before I go to bed, if you go right to zero tomorrow, you're setting yourself up for failure. You sort of advocating some, you know, smaller steps and a little bit of self-compassion, right? All about it. It's um, I, it's, it's different for everyone. I like to use this terminology. Um, in my in my house, when it's when it's warm or in the summertime, it's normally like sixty-eight to seventy-two, right? In my yeah. in my my temperature. If I turn it just one or two notches, you start to feel that difference in that house, right? It's the same thing with your 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 with your use. If you just change just a little one or two notches, maybe you'll start to see a difference that you can kind of use that momentum to go off of and go from there for sure. And another thing I like that you touched on, because again, I talk about it with people quitting tobacco all the time is um, there's going to be relapses. You know, you're going to make a plan. Uh, I like that you said, find your why. And you've talked about that a little bit. Find your why, you know, post it on the fridge. You you said you had a, uh, uh, a sticky note that you had in your dorm room for like three years. I, I, I love that, you know, so what, however you can remind yourself of that why, so find your why. And then, you know, you know, you make your plan and you kind of implement the plan. But the, something that people forget is then there's going to be a relapse. Something's going to happen. You know, your boyfriend, girlfriend's going to break up with you. You know, your some bad things are going to happen and you're going to go you're going to revert back. So when people have that relapse, what 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 are you what are you telling them to do? Yeah, yeah when, when people have that relapse, don't let it play such a psychological thing. Right. Just start from where you're at and keep it going. Don't try to start all the way back. For example, let's say I quit smoking seven days ago, but, but I, I relapsed on day eight. Don't try to start again. Hey, here's one. It's okay. Just start from day seven and keep going. Don't go all the way back. It plays different mind games in your head. Just like in the weight room, uh, just as an athlete, if you have a set of 10, instead of going all the way up to 10, just do five up, five down. It plays different games in your head to kind of get you in a better mood and to kind of think you got this thing. So that's what I would say. And hopefully that was helpful to some people. Oh, it, it really was. Um, old fat white guy athlete thing. So uh, we go in a, 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 a charity bike tour. Well, it's been off for COVID, but in it for. And so you get cyclists of all different abilities going on this this bike tour. And what I found over the years is if I start at the front with the really fast guys, it's really discouraging to have all of them pass me for me end up in the middle. If I start at the back and pass a bunch of people, end up exactly the same place. It's much better in my head. That's a great analogy. That's a great analogy. I totally get it. So um, now, like I said, it, this is a whole book. Go buy the book. I really liked it. Um, but I, I think I've cut hit a lot of the highlights that I liked. Um, anything else from before we go into a few other things, like you mentioned athletes and stuff, which which I do want to get to. Um, anything else from the book you wanted to highlight for our listeners before I start uh, going going a little little off off the book? Yeah, for sure. Um, so when I mean don't let it smoke you. I still use to this day. You really have to under read the book fully to understand the whole message behind it. When I say don't let it smoke you, not just from a consumer side, but from a business side as well, meaning know the legality behind it state to state, know the different compliance rules state to state, all that plays a role in not letting it control you. So you can do and operate the same way. If a convenience store food's not that good for you, why it's certain THC and hemp brands in the convenience store. So just be mindful about those certain areas. Excuse me if I say this, Trevor, but it's honest. If you're a black man or a black woman, 
you know the past of the past history of cannabis politically, sociologically, you know, et cetera. Pay attention to where these dispensaries are being put now in these low income areas, right in certain areas. So be mindful of certain things that's around you and understand how to do what you want to do, but not let it control you. That's completely it. No, and those that's a good point. Uh, another episode we were talking with on the Canadian side of the border, a group called Canna- Cannabis Amnesty, and that they're trying to get rid of people's convictions from pre before cannabis was legalized that are still tracking them, that are still haunting them, making it difficult for you again to get jobs and volunteer opportunities and travel, et cetera. And they've got cannabis, uh, ca- cannabis amnesty. Amnesty. I think they're cannabisadmnesty.ca, and they, uh, but they they gave us some unfortunately not surprising stats about you know pre legalization. If you were going to be arrested for for just simple possession, well, you know if you were black or indigenous in Canada, you were you know seven to times seven to nine times more likely to be arrested than if you you're a white guy. And uh, as far as we can tell, the cannabis usage racially is pretty similar. So, you know, it just, yeah, it's not, unfortunately, not a, not a new or a surprising thing on this side of the border either. And thank you for being open to saying that, Trevor, seriously. So, I, again, I like the book, but we're going to, let's, because I'm talking to a, a, we'll call it former athlete, talk, let's talk a little bit more about cannabis in, in athletics. You know, we've had, we've had a couple episodes on it, everything from, you know, they're looking about how cannabis might help with concussions in the NFL to, you know, we had Shikari Richardson not being allowed to go to the Olympics. Um, what's, what's, uh, what's high on your radar right now for cannabis and we'll call it athletics in general? The marketing behind it is everything, right? Um, I'm excited to see uh, like kind of the the innovation that comes around it. I think it's going to be a great thing I do. Um, I just think we're at a spot now where we haven't fully accepted that great thing and where it can kind of go into. Um, I'm afraid that in sports, a lot of people are going to get in just because like, just like you do when you're a rookie, they help you come up with a financial plan. It's going to be the same thing when it comes to cannabis. You got to come up with a relationship with cannabis that works for you, the structure behind it. Um, and as long as they have that and some type of regulation around that for these sports organizations, everything will be fine. But if it's a free for all, I think we're going to run into some issues that's going to kind of show in the near future for sure. Absolutely. Or if it doesn't show, maybe people will come out and talk about it. Like you've seen nonstop coming out with Ricky Williams, with, uh, Linnell white. And, um, um, I'm sorry for, uh, Josh Gordon, who got kicked out the NFL for cannabis multiple times. So you'll start to see more of that stuff come out. And I think more people start talking about it, especially as podcasts are rising nonstop. Yeah, no, I heard a really good one with, uh, you know, everyone's favorite astrophysicist, Neil deGrasse Tyson. He does all sorts of science things, but he had a, so he has a podcast, Neil deGrasse Tyson. It's called Star Talk, but he does other things besides black holes. And he had Ricky Williams uh, talking about his cannabis past and present, like, you know, he was kicked out of the NFL a few times and then came back in and it's now uh, out and starting a cannabis company because he thinks that's uh, a way that he wants to. So yeah, it's, I agree. I think it's going to just be more and more. What do you think? Um, 
Do you think people, we'll call athletes, are going to use cannabis more as to enhance their performance, to help their recovery, for their mental health, a little of all of the above? Where do you think that's going to be going? It's going to all play a mental game psychologically. It can it can enhance your recovery, the CBD bombs, all that from banging your body, yes, but it's going to play more of a mental game than anything. I think absolutely. Um, psychological game more than anything. Um, whether it can be good or whether it can be for the words, it's on the individual to kind of handle that. And that's what I mean by those structural plans, those regulation plans. And I hope that I hope that makes sense to you for sure. Yeah. And because, you know, we we've talked about it in, with steroids in the past. I'm not. Yeah. Steroids generally bad. Cannabis generally good. But just bear with me that, you know, we have professional athletes using steroids. So that now filters down to the high school and the middle school and even younger kids wanting to do the same because everyone wants to be like the superstar. You know, if if, you know, the Heisman Trophy winner is using CBD and now, you know, the 14 year old wants to be doing the same thing. Mm -hmm. Good, bad. Any thoughts? No, no, we don't know. Right. I um, I think it's a good thing, but you have to tell the full story for it to be a good thing. You know, it's not um, Peyton Manning on a Papa John's commercial talking and then <laughs> stopping right before he take a piece, right? It's actually him eating it, right? So tell the full story behind it, um, and then it'll, it'll definitely help for sure. I like that. Whether or not whether or not Peyton Manning takes a bite of the pizza, I hadn't thought of that. That's that's great. It's true though. You know, you never seen him take a bite, Trevor. You never seen him take a bite. <laughs> no. No, no, that, that, that's really good. Um, so you're in Seattle, sort of one of the, the meccas of both tech and cannabis. Anything else or interesting going on in your your professional life or, uh, in regards to cannabis out there? Yeah, I'm just continuing to learn out here. I'm pushing the book as much as I can to potentially be something bigger than a book, um, potentially a movie once cannabis become legal all over the place. Okay. Um, and also I'm meeting great people like yourself and chatting it up and learning more. So. I'm happy I'm here. I'm happy where I'm here and where I'm learning. And uh, hopefully I can learn and meet more people on the podcast for sure. That is fantastic. So was there anything else I missed? Anything you wish I had asked so the, the listeners can hear? Anything along those lines? Yeah, I'll give this to the listeners. It's okay to um, get medicated while you're getting educated. So <laughs> That is another good line. You're just full of good lines. <laughs> so Kirk, uh, what do you think about Taurus's story? You know, it was interesting, Trevor. Um, I listened to your interview, got some stuff out of it. He's been on a lot of podcasts. Uh, I discovered a new podcast, and I guess we'll give him a plug, called The Green Nurse, uh, where there are two nurses, American nurses, that look like they do a YouTube podcast. Um, and they interviewed him. And I uh, went to a few pages, you know, Canvas Rebel, and I went to his own webpage. His own webpage is... Um, clever chief uh and he talks about his book and like i said i think I, I think i need to get this book from you and read it because there's a there's a few points in the book that i find interesting he he talks about uh learn the ability to smoke cannabis for enjoyment and not to make it fill the missing void in your life learn how to take back control of your life and your smoking habits learn why you smoke cannabis and what it means to you in a long-term health learn the personal growth steps Taurus uses to conquer his own dependency and stop cannabis from ravaging your health career and personal life this book gives you the tools and motivates uh, to never let cannabis take control I'm wondering Trevor and again I haven't read it you have I guess the question is is that 
I guess as a young man, cannabis became the most important thing in his life, which was good for him at times, but also bad for him at times. Yeah, and, and one of the quotes I really like that I'll, I'm gonna read from the book, um, and being because we're from a cold weather place, I, I, I think this really struck from him. So he said, being from Georgia, I wasn't properly equipped to walk in the harsh winter of Terre Haute, Indiana. I only had all my football Leatherman's jacket to keep me warm. I walked two miles or more in the dead of winter just to get an ounce of weed. As I arrived, my dealer opened the door and greeted me and offered me in. He looked over my shoulder. Didn't see any car or anything out front. He asked, did you walk here from campus? Yeah, I replied. He laughed hysterically as he was bagging up the weed and gave it to me. Now, I know he was laughing at me for walking in the condition, but as we made our way back towards the stairway, he led me to the foyer, making it the front door. I reached for the doorknob. Before I could turn it, he put his hand firmly on, his on my shoulder and said, TB, just make sure you don't let that shit smoke you. So just, you know, picture this, a kid from, you know, the southern U.S., from Georgia, winter's not really a thing, suddenly a place where winter is a thing, walking more than two miles to get an ounce of weed. So that's, again, it's kind of the definition of an addiction, where you're doing something that's going against your interest because you need that, that substance. You know, this is not a, we're not judging him, but just, you know, if you find you're in that place in your life where you're doing things that are against your interests for cannabis or anything else, you know, maybe it's time to examine why you're doing that. Does he use the word addiction or dependency? In, in the, when I was researching him, he uses the word dependency. That he yeah, found, he found he, that he... Yes, and he sort of uses them kind of interchangeably. Um, I'm throwing in the addiction more often because when I, as I've mentioned in the interview, when I do my tobacco cessation stuff with patients. I use the word addiction a lot there where I'm supposed to use more thing, the terminology I'm supposed to use. So it's, it's my old, old brain using an older term. I'm supposed to use, you know, tobacco use dis disorder and cannabis use disorder because yeah, addiction carries a lot of stigma, but yeah, just if you're using a substance in this case, cannabis, and it's, it's, it's having you do things that are against your, your best interests, you know, maybe that's something you want to do, but less of. But I think he also did a great job and he mentions, it goes into lots, we, talk, we sort of glossed over it, but he talked about, you know, revisit your why. Like once you've decided, you know, maybe I'm using too much of this. Um, he, he literally had a post-it note of his why that he stuck on his dorm room and it, it was there for three years until he sort of didn't need it anymore. You know, he talks about post, putting on your fridge or whatever, just as a reminder you know, why, why you don't want to use this as much anymore. But also, just as importantly, because, you know, a lot of, as I, again, I do a lot of, we'll call it addictions reading when it comes to tobacco and other things, a lot of people want to quit their, their thing quickly. And he was all about, uh, in tobacco world, would call it reduce to quit. But, you know, you don't have to go from you know, a five or six joint a day person to zero overnight. And he actually laid out sort of a plan that he did for himself, you know, where he would decrease by X number of joints a week and then go, I can't do that and go back up again. And, and that's exactly the sort of things we talk about when, when we're talking to people for quitting smoking. You don't have to do this overnight. And he spent a lot of time in his book about how to slowly reduce. And again, 
I'm really impressed because again, it goes nicely with what I talk about with tobacco is you're going to have relapses and that's okay. Have, have some compassion for yourself when you have some relapses. So no, a lot of what he, he talked about really jives really well with what I talk about with people and tobacco. Uh, when I, when I, when I deal with the concept of people misusing substances, that's the term that I, I'm starting to get into my head is misusing and thinking about cannabis and and what I've what I've what I have learned about Taurus's uh, journey. And again, I need to read the book. But what I've read on the web about the gentleman is that he started cannabis at a very young age, and cannabis has peaked and ebbed in his life, um, and he has misused it in the sense that he became dependent on it like yeah walk up walk a mile for eight ounces i mean i i i know that there are periods in my life where you know birds of a feather flock together the people that i hung with were all cannabis users at one point in my life and and i found that every time i hung with these guys all we ever did was cannabis so we'd sit around and listen to music and black like posters and twirl our thumbs and go wow wow isn't this cool listen to the, the guitar solo but after, you know, several months of doing that, you want to go outside and take a bike ride, you know, or something. So, I mean, when I think of my youth in cannabis, there was many, many times in my life where cannabis dominated my actions and then I'd get tired of it and I would need to go and get out and visit other people that didn't use cannabis. So so I, I wonder if, if there's a parallel story here for for those of us that use cannabis as younger younger people and you know it's uh, cannabis is truly a culture and back in the 70s you know, there's there's a few of us doing it, so we sort of found each other, you know, and and you hung with each other, and then the '80s came along, and school became important, and careers started becoming important, and and so then cannabis was I was less dependent on it because I needed to I needed to focus on other things. So I think getting back to that balance, uh, what I what I surmise from the book, and again I'm so sorry I haven't read it, and I do is that there's a balance that he's asking you to do, like. Don't give up cannabis. Just understand wh why you are a user of cannabis. I think of I think that cannabis is the great demotivator. We've used that term before, right? So, you know, and, and can, cannabis can make people anxious. You know, if you if you smoke weed that has way too much THC in it and you're not used to it, you can get very anxious in crowds. And Taurus, in one of his podcasts, talked about the different strains that he uses and that he likes, I think, wedding cake is his favorite. And so there's that particular strain for him gives him a balance. So, you know, if you want cannabis to put you to sleep, then find a strain that helps you sleep. If you want it for pain, use it for pain. If you want it for socializing. So that's what I got from what I've read about him is that he's looking at cannabis as a global thing. Well, and the other thing you'll, you'll like, and I think relates nicely to you, is um, when shortly after he realized, it, you know, we had the big things in his life, you know, the I didn't quite make the NFL now what you know and honestly something he threw in, in the interview that i don't think was in the book and about with testicular cancer you know just just that little thing you know you're, you're sort of searching for something well one of the things he did was well i don't want to use cannabis as much but i want to learn a lot more about it you know think about all the things that we've learned through this podcast so i, I really liked and i think worth mentioning sort of the three gurus that he sort of went to you know he had kevin damata who was sort of the the pros of cannabis and the economic benefits 
I, I know you'll love these, so hold your comment for a second. Uh, Carla Lowe and Roger Morgan, who are sort of loosely affiliated with Nancy Reagan, will let you comment about Nancy Reagan in a second. And uh, Dr. Michael Kuhar and, you know, the effects of cannabis on the brain. So, you know, uh, not only was he saying, I don't want to have as much effect in my life, he also wanted to learn a lot more about it. So kind of like, I don't know, podcasters, he went out and found some smart people and talked to them about it. So I know, Kirk. What, what do you think about Nancy Reagan and her no, just say no campaign no, no, of years no. ago? You know, it's, it, you look at it, you look at it as you grow older. I mean, yes, Nancy Reagan and Ronald Reagan, you know, when you look at where we were at when in the, and we're not American, but the Carter administration for crying out loud had, had, you know, we were worm composting, we were recycling, we had, we had, we had um, solar panels on the White House. And then Reagan came in and Reagan economics and just say no. And there's war on everything, anything to do with social determinants of health, anything to do with perpetuating people's wellness all of a sudden became a war on so that you know wealthy people became more wealthy and to just say no i mean america declared war on drugs and created their own war so that we've all known that that's history but trying to look at my path with cannabis and starting this podcast has really been um a reflective journey for me i you know and, and i think it parallels what i'm learning about terrorists Taurus, sorry, what I've learned about Taurus is, um, is that there's a parallel. Cannabis, cannabis has been a huge, huge part of my adolescence and a huge part of my socialization as a, as a young person. And of course, now as a professional and getting into nursing, and I can remember getting myself in trouble recommending cannabis for people as medicine um, in, the, in the late 80s and early 90s and truly getting myself in trouble for it and not really understanding enough about cannabis except intuitively realizing that cannabis has helped a lot of people in my journey um you know i think i think i would have been medicated to the to the tits when i was a kid you know you know i think doctors if they knew about it back in the day would have had me medicated down drowsy so i wasn't the kid you know in the classroom fiddling in his desk cannabis helped me self-medicate so that i could sit in a science class and listen Unfortunately, cannabis also took away a lot of short-term memory for me. Uh, so, and, I, and again, I had to mature into that. And, and now, you know, in the last five years, becoming what I'm trying to be as a cannabis nurse and trying to help myself and others understand about cannabis, cannabis is so much more than just rolling up a great big joint and getting mellow and listening to, you know, guitar riffs in a, in a good stereo. It, it's, it's so much more. And I think that's what this, this guy is all about. He's basically trying to say, take control. Cannabis is a good thing. Cannabis is a bad thing. And it gets down to misuse, right? One thing we know about cannabis, it won't kill you. Another thing we know about cannabis is that it 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 is less harmful and we can say this than alcohol yep. less absolutely. harmful than tobacco right absolutely but yet government and society is still stuck on prohibition and the lies that we were told during those decades and i and i think this book will help people get through the smoke and i'm yeah. anxious to read it 
but I think I know enough about what's going on by Googling. I mean, our listeners can simply Google Google our guests and, and figure this stuff out themselves. For me, it's and, just... And we'll, have, and we'll have the link to the book in the show notes. Yeah, all that, yeah. And on refermed.ca, a good web page. Um, but yeah, so I think that's what we've done here. You've brought an author. And again, you know, it's funny how we bring guests to our show with this thought that they're going to give us a story that we want. And as you talk to the guests, you realize... Oh, that's it's a different the, story, but it's a really good story. Yes, yes. That's one of the things I really, really enjoy about doing this this podcast is that we meet interesting people and conversations go where you don't expect them to go. Um, I think I think this was a uh, I think this was a good interview you did. It was I, um, I think there's a good message here, uh, and I think it goes back to the whole episode one. Why worry? Right. Mm -hmm. When people go back to our first episode, when we when we interviewed uh, Manitoba Addictions Foundations um, uh, and and they basically told us that, you know, cannabis won't kill you. Uh, Cannabis is not is not a drug to really be worried about, but it is the great demotivator. And, And I do know I do know people from my youth that were harmed by cannabis. Now, was it cannabis that harmed them? Or was it their personality, their their way, their path in life? I don't know, but I do know there are a few people in my in my world that, that have fallen off because cannabis became the most important thing in their life. And unfortunately, the great demotivator, uh, the anxiety, the anxiety, and all that sort of stuff. And they didn't understand enough about cannabis, and I think they got lost on the way. Now they're still living productive lives, but there's something missing in the socialization, in my opinion, right? But but everyone has their own path. And again, I think that's in the book too, from what I've read. Yeah. He's talking no, about finding your path, right? And, and to just sort of leave the book for a bit, some of the parts from the interview, because um, towards the end, he was he's turning into just, you know, a fantastic uh, quote generator. So, you know, we're talking about... Uh, cannabis and football and athletics. I said, you know, where do you think it's going? I thought it was really interesting that he he didn't talk about recovery or performance. He talked about the, the mental game. So that's wasn't what I expected. And then uh, Peyton Manning, Manning and Papa John's. But he said, yeah. So, um, so I was asking what, you know, famous athletes promoting cannabis. He said, well, you know, as long as they tell the whole story. He said, and have you ever seen a Peyton Manning and a Papa John's commercial? Yes, I have. Does he ever take a bite of that pizza? No, I've never seen that. So, you know, if, 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 if athletes are going to, to talk about cannabis, promote cannabis, and, you know, that's their right. We think it's great stuff. We talk about it all the time. But he just wants kind of the, the whole story. So the whole, did, did Peyton Manning take a bite of that pizza? I, I thought that was a fantastic, a fantastic visual to leave that interview on. Yeah, that that is very true. It goes back to Michael Jackson and the infamous Pepsi commercial. Michael Jackson never drank Pepsi ever, but but you know, and he <laughs> he made a lot of money singing about Pepsi, the new generation. You know, so there's a lot of that, lot of that out there. So Kirk, um, anything else you want to talk about with uh, Taurus? Baptiste or his book Don't Let It Smoke You? No, no. I, as you're driving by to go to work tomorrow, can you slip the, bu- the book into my mailbox? It Well, now, now that you mention it, it is the, an electronic one. It is Kindle. So I have to electronically send it to you. Uh, actually, you know, completely unrelated. I really... I, my, my, da- my daughter stole the, the physical 
e-reader when she went off to Saskatoon. So it took me a little bit to figure out how to download and put it on my laptop. And I really quite like reading a book off my laptop. I didn't think I would, but you know, it sits nicely on my lap and you know, it is lit up so I can read it in a dark room. I'm an old blind guy, so I can make the print bigger. It's actually even really good. Sorry, well, I think Amazon should give us a thing. It is really good for making notes because you can make, you can sort of like highlight a section right there and just boom, it's it's in notes for us. So let's say you needed to prepare for a podcast. I really, really, really enjoy doing this on electronically. So yes, I'll get you, I'll get you the electronic version shortly. Interesting. Yeah, no, that's very interesting. I am. Um... I like hard books and I've had books on my phone and I've read books on my phone, but I really like, I just like hard copy books. Um, but that's a different podcast we can go on to. Yes. Yeah, I, I'm Kirk Nyquist. I'm the registered nurse. I'm Trevor Schiefeld. I'm the pharmacist. And we are Reefer Madness, the podcast. You find us on all those platforms out there. And I really ask people, if you listen to us, Give us a rating um, and let us know and let other people know about us. Uh, Reefermed.ca, our, our webpage is quotable. Our webpage is, su- is searchable. And for those uh, health professionals that listen to us, our webpage is, is easily searchable. So you can search for topics and stuff. So check us out. And um, yeah. And we'll talk to everybody next time. It was another good one. Right on, guys. That was another good one. It's Renee here back in the studio. A couple of things to finish off the episode. Um, we at Reefer Medicine, the podcast, um, always like to acknowledge that we produce our shows on Treaty 2 territory and the homeland of the Métis. And we pay our respects to the First Nations and Métis ancestors of this land. And we reaffirm our relationships. We also like to end each episode with a song. And more often than not, we ask the guest to choose that song. So when we asked Taurus what song he thought would be appropriate, uh, he literally wrote back, I don't have a song in mind, but maybe something with a great laid-back melody would be cool. So Trevor, who knows cool music, uh, decided that he would choose the song, uh, and he decided Take 5 by Dave Brubeck. Like the show? Let us know. We're Reefer Madness on Instagram and Facebook, at Reefer Madness on Twitter, or head over to the website at reefermed.ca to find out what we're all about and what's coming up next. Thank you.
Hold on a sec. Okay, stop that recording. Yes. Stop 